Welcome to the Epiphany Lutheran Church podcast. These messages, based on a biblical text, interpreting the hearer's situation, informed by Christian teaching, creatively proclaim the crucified and risen Jesus of Nazareth for forgiveness and new life starting now. Epiphany Lutheran Church is located in South City, St. Louis, Missouri. Our vision is to be a community that puts Jesus first, neighbors second, and ourselves third by gathering to be served by him so we can grow to love as he loves. Learn more at epiphany-stl.org. That's epiphany-stl.org. So here we find ourselves today on the second Sunday of Epiphany. The joy and the peace and the rest of the Christmas season are now long behind us. This is a time of change. The colors have changed, out with the white and in with the green. Here is Epiphany, the time when we celebrate, as we spoke earlier, the coming of our Messiah and the realization that he is who he says he is. We call this season ordinary time sometimes, you know. It doesn't have any special, spectacular feasts. It's just a regular time. And in case you missed the extraordinary message that we had just this Christmas time. Listen and hear, for there are some stories that are going to show you who Jesus is. We started with the wise men. Last week we heard about the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan. And now today we hear about what went on at this wedding in Cana. You remember that time when Jesus and a couple of his first followers, I don't know if you could call them disciples yet, were at a wedding And Jesus' mother, Mary, comes up to him and is like, Hey, Jesus, they kind of ran out of wine. I know you're the guy and all. I think maybe there's something you can do for us. And Jesus says, What does this have to do with me? My time has not come yet. And Mary, with no guarantee there, simply trusts in faith and says to the servants, Do whatever he says. So Jesus, in good Typical Jesus fashion doesn't leave anyone high and dry. But he says to the servants, Okay, um, I'm going to need about 150 gallons of water, give or take. So if you can fill up those stone jars over there, we'll be ready to rock and roll. So they fill them up and Jesus says, Okay, take a cupful and give it to the master of the feast. And at this point we're like, okay. What's, what's going on here? Uh, is this some sort of message? Jesus, we get it. Okay, uh, there's just going to be water for the last three days of the feast. But then the water changes into wine, but not just any wine, fine wine, finer than what had run out. This is a story of change. Water changes into wine, sorrow to joy, empty to full. Worry changes into relief. Worst changes into best. And the mother of God becomes the first disciple. The world is changed for the better. It becomes brighter and richer, fuller and more fun. Why? Because Jesus keeps the party going. Now some people will say that as a human race, we don't like change. We're creatures of habit, they say. We don't want to mess with the status quo, they say. And chief among those who don't like change 
Lutherans, right? As the joke goes, uh, how many Lutherans does it take to change a light bulb? None, of course. Lutherans don't believe in change. Still, I don't buy it. I don't think people hate change. I mean, think about this. What if in the middle of this sermon, I was to hand each of you a $100 bill? That'd be a pretty big change to the way we do worship. No doubt our attendance would skyrocket. And still, I I hope that you wouldn't be uh, angry about that change. I hope that you would count it as a, a gain, a blessing, and a benefit. Don't get any ideas, though. That's not going to happen. Or what if all of us in our giving increased the giving by 1% of our, our total income? That'd be a pretty big change for this church. The church would benefit from the, min- from the ministry and the abilities that it would give us. And you would not despise that simply because it was change. But you would hopefully count it as a blessing. No, we don't hate change. What we hate is loss. When things change for the better, we like that. When they don't change for the better, but for the worse, we don't like that. The loss of a job, the failing of a relationship, a troubling diagnosis, a leaky faucet, rising taxes, lowering taxes, new government, financial crisis, family and friends moving away, far away, maybe never to be seen again. When things change for the worse, that's what we hate, and we hate the results thereof, and that's what Mary is worried about in our text today. She doesn't want the guests to be unhappy. She doesn't want the bride to cry. She doesn't want the steward to get fired. She doesn't want the groom to be embarrassed. In short, she doesn't want anyone to suffer. Now, this story might sound kind of mundane to us. It, it involves something so sim- simple. It's a story we're so familiar with. Something as simple as people running out of things to drink. And yet this story is anything but mundane. It's not mundane because Jesus is a real person. He's in a real world dealing with real people and their real problems. And that's how his ministry goes. He comes into the world and he tends to the details Maybe even minor details, you might call them. He eases people's pain. And he makes it his business to do what's best for them, even when maybe it wasn't his business. This world can sometimes be tough, hard. Sometimes it can feel empty. Sometimes it can feel like people are out to get you. Sometimes it can even be tragic. That's why it's great to have a friend like Jesus who always tends to the details. This story is not mundane. It's powerful. It's one of the most preached texts in the whole lectionary. Every, every other text usually gets one, one Sunday every three years, you know, and some of them don't get preached on at all because they're not in the lectionary. But this one we hear quite a bit. Why? Because we like to use it for one of the happiest days of our lives, our weddings. 
isn't this just, doesn't just this seem like the perfect text for a wedding? There you have the bride and the groom. You have the friends and the family nearby. And there's Jesus with them too. See, Jesus is there to make some changes. He's going to change two families. He's going to take them and bring them together. He's going to take two people and make them one flesh. And in that moment, nothing in that change is going to be loss, despite what society might say to us. But everything is going to be gain. Because Jesus is with them, and he will stay with them, and he will keep the party going. This, this text isn't just applicable to the highs, but it's also applicable to the lows. It works for a funeral, too. There's change in that. In the moment of the death of a loved one, everything can seem like loss. You feel that change. It can feel like your family's totally empty. It can feel like life's not worth living anymore. And you desperately need something to change for the better. And then things do change. Because in the moment after that initial shock of death and funeral, it seems that everyone else picks up and moves on. They say, quoting Jesus, though not to his intent, what does this have to do with me? And they leave you to pick up the pieces by yourself, but the pain's still there, the emptiness and the loss, and you desperately need a change. Jesus is the only one who can come and save the day, the only one who can come into your life and tend to the details, the only one who makes it his business to attend your suffering, even when it didn't seem to be his business. The one who stays with you when everyone else has gone away. The one who loves you in a way you hadn't been loved before. Only Jesus can make wrongs right and raise the dead and give us the assurance that our loved ones are in the feast that has no end, the party that keeps on getting better and better forever and ever. So you see, this story is not mundane, but it's life itself from the highest of highs to the lowest of sorrows and everywhere in between. And there's a reason why it comes as the first sign that Jesus performed, because it shows us who Jesus is, not just the Son of God, but how he works. In this sign, Jesus is saying loud and clear, I am the guy, the Son of God, who has come for you in your lives, however they may be. And he says, follow me. Because things are going to change, and the party must go on. And so the party does go on in his life. He continues his ministry of tending to the details. He heals the sick. He casts out demons. He even does something as simple as feeding the multitude, tending the details. And he continues his ministry of change. He preaches a gospel of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He tells us that we should love our enemies as we love our neighbors, even as we love ourselves. What a change in how everyone is taught. And then it seemed like in his last change, 
maybe the party was going to be over. You see, because his last change was when he took our sin and our death upon himself and died on the cross. And it seemed in that moment that maybe death and the devil would finally overcome Jesus. But he rose from the dead. Another sign saying, look at me, I am the guy, the one who is promised to come. Another sign showing us of the reality for us, for our loved ones, that he has secured life everlasting, pardon for all offenses, and the party will go on. So where do we find ourselves in the midst of such a party like this? Do we find ourselves listening to the words of Mary in verse 5? She says, do everything that he says. These are the last words that Mary ever speaks in the whole Bible. I wonder if that was on purpose, because I wonder if wiser words were ever spoken. Do everything he says. And yet, we constantly fall short of this directive. What will happen to us if we do everything that Jesus says? Can water really be turned into wine? What if it doesn't? What if in following Jesus, I'm just a fool, and the water doesn't change into the wine, but it just remains regular old water? And so the questions and the doubts swirl around us, and we're crippled by fear, not of change, but of what we might lose in following Jesus. What about the serpents in our text? Those who Jesus said to, uh, give this water to your master and ask him what he thinks of it. Did they not have something to lose as well? Know this. In following Jesus, the change that accompanies your life will never truly lead to loss. For in Jesus, everything is changed from loss to gain, from sorrow to joy. Even if it seems like the world is against you, even if everything is crumbling around you, even if you lose your very life, the change that Jesus brings is for your gain. Where do we see this? Where does it come up? We see it every Sunday, this change in our lives. Just a few minutes ago now, you bowed your heads and you confessed your sins to God, and the words of Jesus were spoke to you. The words of forgiveness were spoke over you, and you were changed. Jesus reminded you that he had taken your sin. He took your sin, and he ex-changed them for his righteousness. That was a change in your life. Your sins can no longer harm you, so leave them behind. Don't go back to them. We also see this change every other week when we celebrate the Lord's Supper. This too is a miracle of changing. Water was, uh, I'm sorry, wine was provided at the wedding of Cana to sustain the party. And so too in Holy Communion, we are sustained spiritually. It's a miracle of change. Somehow bread and wine are made into Christ's body and blood. And by eating it and drinking it, we too are changed ourselves. We are made whole 
We are given the forgiveness of sins, the promise of eternal life, the strengthening of our faith. So come to Jesus and be changed. Trade in your sorrows. Trade in your mistakes. Trade in your regrets. Trade in your doubts. For at Cana, water was traded in for wine. So too at the foot of the cross, our sins traded for salvation. And do not fear, for the changes that come will never lead to your ultimate loss. For in Christ, all loss is changed into gain, and more besides. So take your place in the party. Enjoy the benefits that Jesus gives. Enjoy that he will keep the party going forever and ever, and I hope to see you on that final day when the party continues in its fullness. Amen.